Savior. In him I have life. It's abundance life. The Lord is my light and strength. As he is, so has he made me. By his spirit, I increase in word and in wisdom, in faith and in favor. The Lord has said, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply your seed. So I can boldly say, my God shall increase me more and more. What I place in God's hands grows into overflow. Though I begin small, my end shall greatly increase. In this year of increase, I grow in grace and in strength to be all that God wants me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe the declaration you have said, put your hands together for Jesus and humbly take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God so much for giving us yet another day to hear his word, another day to fellowship with other believers. I want to give a special gratitude to our Papa, our Shepherd, Reverend Daniel Ferrier. I want us to appreciate him wherever he is. On honor him. I thank him so much for giving me this opportunity to share the word of God with us. I also want to thank Lady Thelma though she's not here, and the entire church council for accepting for me to share God's word today. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Indeed, your mercies are great towards us. Indeed, your loving kindness is great towards us. Heavenly Father, your people, we have gathered once again unto you. You have not gathered unto man. Father, O oh God, as the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, that when I came to you, I did not come with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of spirit and of power, that your faith will not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Father, this morning we pray that it will not be about persuasive words of human wisdom. We pray that your spirit will be demonstrated in our midst in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, O oh God, that our faith will not lie in the wisdom of men, but in your power. Have your way, we pray. And cause heavens to be opened over us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Some few weeks back, Pastor began a series on, on condemnation. And he made mention of the fact that the greatest weapon that Satan used against us is condemnation. And he gave an example of, of Peter. And how Peter was very loyal and dedicated and committed to the cause of Christ. Bible says that Peter left everything to follow Jesus. He left, he was a great fisherman, but he left his work to follow Jesus. And he had promised several times, so many times, that he was going to stay loyal to Jesus. So there was a time that Jesus asked Peter that if Peter would ever leave him. And Peter said that, I am never going to leave you. In fact, even if it takes for me to die, I'm going to die for you. But little did Peter know that the time was going to come that he would find it difficult to, 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 to hear to the, the promise that he had given to God. Little did Peter know that the time will come that he will find it very difficult to, to obey and to, to, to yield to the promise that he had given to God. So Bible says that when, when Jesus was going to be crucified, there Peter was. And a little girl saw Peter and said, Peter, are you not part of this, the disciples of the man we are going to crucify? Peter swore heaven and earth that he never knew this man. He said, me, I, have never, I don't know this man from anywhere. This is the first time I'm actually seeing him. But this was a man who had promised heaven and hell that he was going to stay with Jesus forever. But Bible said that at that point, his, his human nature, and as, as, as human as we are, regardless of how committed we want to be with God, 
regardless of how loyal we want to be with God, there are times that our weaknesses don't, don't just give us the opportunity to do that. And there are times that we, we find ourselves fumbling in our service to God. Just like Peter, there are many of us who, who have, have, have pledged allegiance to God. There are many of us who have pledged commitment to God. There are many of us who have pledged to be loyal to God. But as, as human as we are, we are faulted in one way or the other. And one thing that the enemy capitalizes on is that he seeks to condemn you. If, if you don't gather yourself up, if you don't put yourself together, if you don't quickly, quickly, I mean, revive yourself from that place where you have fallen, Satan will capitalize on that condemnation. And by the time you realize, you start losing confidence in God. By the time you realize, you, you start thinking that you are unworthy to be in the house of the Lord. You, you, you find it difficult to even go before God to pray because you think that you, you might have sinned, you might have disappointed God. There are many of us that in our companies, in our, in our families, that there are a lot of people that are looking up to us. And we feel that because of one thing that we did, we feel that we might have, we might have I mean, disappointed them in one way or the other, just as Peter seemingly disappointed Jesus. Bible said that after Peter had, 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 had denied Jesus, after he had outrightly denied Jesus, Bible said he went to weep bitterly. He felt, he felt that he had disappointed God. But, you know, we serve a God. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 that we do not serve a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. We do not serve a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but who at all points was tempted as we are. Jesus, when he assumed the form of man, Bible says that he, he, he was tempted just like you and I are tempted. He was, he was tried just like you and I are, 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 are being tried. So he understands our weaknesses as humans. He understands our shortcomings as humans. So Bible says that he, we do not serve a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses because he has been here before. So when, when, you, when, when you commit a mistake, when you commit an error, God understands. That is why he has made the provision of forgiveness. That is why he has made the provision for us to come to him asking for his forgiveness. So you don't need to let yourself down. You don't need to lose that, that confidence that you have with God. As a matter of fact, Bible said that after Peter had denied, had denied Jesus, that was when Jesus even had more plans to Peter. Bible said after, Peter had, after Jesus had resurrected, he sent angels to Peter and some other disciples to go ahead of him and go and wait for him. And when you, meant to, when, when you went to meet Jesus, he could have, condemned, he could have condemned, condemned Peter and told Peter that, Peter, you know what? I mean, you disown me. I have nothing to do with you. I mean, wh why are you even here? Why are you still living in church after actually disowning Jesus? Why are you still living part of my disciples after, after denying that you don't know me from anywhere? But Bible says that Jesus rather said, Peter, I have an assignment for you. Peter, I have a plan for you. Peter, I have a purpose for your life. I don't know who might have fallen here, but this morning God is saying that he still has a plan for our lives. God is saying that he still has an assignment for our lives. God is saying that he still has a purpose for our lives. So Bible said that Jesus told Peter, I asked Peter, Peter, do you still love me? He said, I love you. Then Jesus said that then feed the flock. That was an assignment Jesus was giving to Peter. He said, feed the flock. He said, feed my sheep. And, and Bible even recalls that in Acts chapter 2, this same Peter was in the upper room. And after they had received the Holy Spirit, Bible said that he went out there and began to preach. When you read the scripture very well in Acts chapter 2, Bible said the word he preached cuts the hearts of the people. The word he, he preached break the hearts of the people. This was a man who some few days back, some few minutes back, had denied God. But still God was able to use him. And Bible said that day 3,000 people were saved. 3,000 men were saved. I don't know how, how, how depressed you are. I don't know how embarrassed you may be feeling about your service to God. But I came here to tell somebody that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Hallelujah. I want to say God has a plan for my life. Say God has a plan for my life.
Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's quickly read the book of John. The book of John. The book of 1 John chapter, chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 verse 18 downwards. 1 John chapter 3 verse 18 downwards. Just to remind us that we are looking at the subject of condemnation. And how Satan seeks to condemn us and makes us feel as though we are worthless and we are incapable to stand before God. 1 John chapter 3 verse, verse 18. Bible said, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Verse 20. If our hearts condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. If your heart does not condemn you, this is God's word. He says that the only thing that will stop you from being confident about God, the only thing that will stop you from being confident from receiving from God is when your heart begins to condemn you. And your heart will not just start condemning you. It is the enemy, it's Satan who will put that doubt and those thoughts in your heart. Say, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. In his sight. The Bible says that whatever that we, we ask of God, because of the confidence that we have to come before him. You know, there are times that you just need to be as, as bare and as open as you can before God. Because our God sees everything. We have to admit our weaknesses and admit our shortcomings before God. We have to admit the places where we, 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 we falter before God. We have to admit the places where we are weak before God. And Bible said that in, that do, in, in doing that, God forgives us of our iniquity. And God gives us the confidence to come back to him. God gives us the confidence to return to him. And that's when we pray. Bible said whatever we ask, we receive of him. Somebody say whatever I ask, I receive of God. Hallelujah. So what is condemnation? If you're speaking about condemnation, what actually is condemnation? Now, condemnation is the sense of guilt that follows a person for committing an error. Condemnation is the sense of guilt that follows a person for committing an error. As humans, we will sin. Bible said that for all have, 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 for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So as humans, whether we like it or not, regardless of how perfect we are striving to be, there are times that we will be weak in our service to God. There are times that we will falter in our service to God. So, if, if, so Bible says, so he's saying that when, when you commit that sin, there is a very high possibility that you begin to feel guilt and shame. There is a very high possibility that you begin to withdraw from God. There is a very high possibility that Satan will capitalize on that sin to begin to condemn you. But, but I, I want us to assure us, just, just, I, just as I read from the scripture, that there is this confidence that we need to have in God. That our God does not condemn us. Our God, the Bible said, blessed is he who sins the Lord does not impute against him. I don't know how, how sinful of a person you think you are. I don't know how... I, how, how sinful of a person you think you may be. There is a place of restoration for us. There is a place of revival for us. There is a place where God's arms are widely open to receive us again. It only takes a determination and a decision that you are not going to let yourself down. But you are going to run back into the vineyard of God. Hallelujah. Amen. One thing that condemnation does is that it makes you feel unworthy to receive the good things God offers to his children. You know, God cannot give you something that's that you are not ready to receive. God cannot 
give you something that you, 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 you don't see yourself as capable to receive or, or as qualified to receive. God will only give to the people who believe in God that they are able to receive from him. So, but what condemnation will seek to do is that it will make you feel unworthy. As though you don't deserve anything good in Christ. As though you don't deserve the many good things that others are enjoying. But this morning we declare in the name of Jesus that there is deliverance from condemnation in Jesus' name. There is deliverance from every accusation in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want to point out this scripture to us. John chapter 16 verse 8. John chapter 16, verse 8. Bible says, And when he has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, there is a clear difference between conviction and condemnation. What the Holy Spirit does is not to condemn you of your sin. Rather, he convicts you. Now, what conviction basically means is that he makes you aware of where you have fallen. He makes you come to the realization that there is something that you have done that is, not, that, that is contrary to what God wants us to do. There is something that you have done that, that is not in alliance with what God wants us to do. So he brings you to that realization. He convicts your heart. And when he convicts your heart, he's not convicting you to condemnation. Rather, he's convicting you to a place of repentance. He's convicting you to a place where you'll be able to seek the face of God and seek the help of God. So that's the basic difference between conviction and condemnation. So today as we sit here, I want us to understand once again that God is not in the, in the, in, in the business of condemning his people. God is not in the business of, 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 I mean, throwing his people away. It is the devil who throws those thoughts into our head. Hallelujah. As believers will fall. The book of Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16. Bible said, the righteous will fall seven times, but he will rise again. Somebody say, I'm rising again. Somebody say, I'm rising again. That your prayer life is coming back to life. That your word life is coming back to life. Because you refuse to be condemned. You refuse to be condemned by the enemy. Bible said in Romans chapter 8 verse 1. That there is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Then there is no condemnation for you. You need to gather yourself up. You need to wipe the dust off your feet and come back to God. Ask him for his help and he's ready to help you. Hallelujah. We continue to look at, let's look at the signs of condemnation. Instances that, 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 that you make, will make you feel as though you are, you, are, you are being condemned. Number one, the first instance of condemnation is that you feel unworthy. You feel unworthy. So you begin to feel that God cannot use you anymore. You begin to feel that, I mean, you are not a vessel that, that is appropriate for the master's use. You begin to feel that you are not an, a, a vessel that God can use. I want to read the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Can you turn your Bible with me to Romans chapter 5 verse 8? Bible says that, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, God in his own wisdom did not wait for us to be qualified before he made Christ come to die for us. God did not wait for us to become righteous before he made Christ to come to die for us. Bible says that while we were still sinners, while we and I had not even heard about Jesus, while you and I had not even heard about God, while you and I were still in our sinful state, the Bible said that God sent his son Jesus to come and die for us. So it's really not about you. 
It's not about something good you do or something good you do not do. It's not about something right you do or something right you do not do. It's about God himself demonstrating his love to you. It's about God himself letting you know how much he loves you. So this man, I want you to know that our love, I want us to know that our love for God is not based on our own worthiness. Our love for God is not based on our own doings. Our God's love for us is not based on how worthy we are. He knows where we lack. He knows where we fall short. He, he looks at us and, and what he sees is not, is not that sinner. When God looks at, at us, what he sees is not, is not that sinner. It's not that old man. It's, that, it's not that old, old Ishira. It's not that old Enes. It's not that old person. But who God sees when he looks at you is the blood of Jesus that is being shed on the cross for you. It's the blood of Jesus. It's only begotten son that is being shed on the cross for you. So because Jesus is righteous, God also sees you as righteous. Because it, because really it's not about you, but it's about Jesus. Hallelujah. So from today, refuse to feel unworthy. Refuse to feel unqualified before God. Because God himself is our qualification. God himself has qualified us to receive from him. And we deserve every good thing that comes with Christianity. We deserve every good thing that comes with service to God. We deserve every good thing that God blesses his children with. I want to say, I refuse to be unworthy. I refuse to be unworthy. In the name of Jesus. Our Lord sees us in every perfect way. Our Lord sees us in every good way. Our Lord sees us in, in, in he, he sees us as though it, it is Jesus he's seen. Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all ways, but yet he was without sin. He was tempted all over the place. Satan tempted him. There were times that the Pharisees could do things to Jesus. That if it were you and I, would have reacted in a way that, 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 would, have, that would have just thrown the thing off board. But Bible says that Jesus, with all the temptations he faced, he was without sin. It is that Jesus that when God looks at us, he sees. It is that Jesus that when God looks at us, he sees. So this morning, refuse to be condemned. Refuse, re refuse to feel unworthy. Because while we, you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you, and his love for you has not faded. His love for you has not gone, 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 gone out of the window. His love for you still exists, and it's ready. If only you would avail yourself, he's ready to love you again. Hallelujah. Now, the second instance of condemnation. There are things that you begin to feel that, when you begin to feel those things, you should know that you are being condemned, that the enemy is seeking to condemn you. Is that you cannot seem to forgive yourself. You cannot seem to forgive yourself. There are many of us that... There are, there, are, there are some mistakes that you might have committed, that you have asked God for forgiveness, and God has forgiven you, but we ourselves are not able to forgive ourselves. We are not able to, to bring ourselves to the point that God has forgiven us, and, the time, and, and we need to forgive ourselves. You know what? You need to forgive yourself. To renew, you need to renew your mind to the truth of God. That once God said it, he's able to deliver. Once God says that he has forgiven you, he has forgiven you, and you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Second, Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Somebody will say, I'm a new creation. He said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Behold, all things have become new. So God does not see that, that same old person. Once we have come to Christ, God is saying that you are a new creation. And it is only the new creation that qualifies to receive the things of God. So once you have come to Christ and you have become a new creation, that means that you are more than qualified to receive the blessings that God has to offer. That means that you are more than qualified to receive the great things that God has to offer. So this morning, I want you to forgive yourself. 
You might, have, you, you might have feel that you've disappointed your spouse. You might, have feel, you might be feeling that you've disappointed God. You might be feeling that you've disappointed somebody that will look up to you. But there is a place for restoration. There is a place for forgiveness. There is a place, a path that God has prepared. Bible said that if you confess our sins to God, oh, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us of all iniquity. This morning I came with the good news to you that our God is able to forgive. Our God is able to deliver. Our God is able to show his mercy. Bible says that the mercies of God, they are new every morning. The mercies of God do not fade away. The mercies of God do not elapse. The mercies of God do not fade away. But Bible said every morning God prepares his new message unto us because he knows that once you are in this human form, you are going to fall in one way or the other. But his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. That the Apostle Paul said that I, 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 there are many things that I want to do for God, but I cannot do it. There are many things that I want to do for God. I want to spend hours in prayers. I want to spend hours studying the word of God and was complaining to God. And what God told him is that my grace is sufficient. Somebody want to say God's grace is sufficient for me. God's grace is sufficient for me. Now, talking about Apostle Paul, then Saul, Bible declares that this was a man who had tormented the church of God. It was a man who had persecuted God's church. You know, there are people in the world who are not really, they are not really tormenting God like that. They, they are on their own. They just don't want to accept God. They just want, don't want to accept Jesus. But as for Saul, he, he had made it his life ambition that he was going to torment the people of God. He had made it his life plan that he was going to torment the church of God. But Bible said that one way on his way to, on, on his way to Damascus, on the same mission to go and torment God's people, Bible said that there was an encounter. There was an encounter with Jesus. And that encounter changed his life forever. I don't know how you may be feeling now. I don't know what kind of guilt you may be feeling. I, 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 what, what, I don't know what kind, the gravity of the sin you think you have, you have committed this. I want, to, I want to tell you this morning that our God is able to give you that encounter. That encounter that Saul had on his way to Damascus that changed his life forever. This morning I declare in the name of Jesus that God is bringing that encounter our way. God is bringing that encounter our way. Bible said that after the encounter with, of the, the encounter with Jesus on, on his way to Damascus, you, you see the, 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 a lot of scriptures that Paul wrote. He, he became he became the voice of the New Testament. He became the voice of, of, of the new church. He became the voice of God's grace, proclaiming everywhere. Now after he was tormenting people then, but now he be, the people began to torment him and was willing to die for God because he had had that experience with God. He was willing to go through all the challenges and, 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 and all the bad things that you can talk about. But, but because he had had an encounter with God, this morning there will be an encounter. This morning you would have an encounter with God that would change your situation forever. Hallelujah. So this one, only forgive yourself. You want to forgive yourself? Tell somebody, forgive yourself. I'm going to tell somebody, forgive yourself. Our God is able to deliver. You need to forgive yourself of that past. You need to forgive yourself of, 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 of those things that you, you might have done wrong and seek the face of God. You know, not forgiving yourself means that you are, you are actually focusing on your own ability to live for God. Not forgiving yourself, is, it means that you are, you are focusing on your own ability to, 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 to work for God. But you know what, Bible says that it is not of him that willeth. Neither is it of him that runneth, but it's God that shows us mercy. It is God that shows us mercy. It is not about, Bible says the race is not to the swift. 
The race is not to, the best way is much faster. But it is God that helps us. So not forgiving yourself basically means that you are saying that God, you cannot help me. I was supposed to help myself and I couldn't help myself. So I don't think I qualify to receive your forgiveness. But this morning there is good news. Our God is able to forgive us. So we've got to forgive ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the third instance of, of condemnation, the sign of condemnation is dwelling on your past. Dwelling on your past. There are many of us here who, though we have, we, have, we have accepted Jesus for a while now, though we have been in church for a while now, though we have been following Christ for a while now, we still let our, our past haunt us. We still let our past, the, the things that we might have done in the past haunt us. Let's turn our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Apostle Paul said something very profound. He says that I did not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, I forget that which is behind me, and I reach for it for the things that are ahead of me. Apostle Paul knew that if he was to go, if he was to focus on his past, there was nothing he could do for God because his past was terrible. This guy had made it his life ambition to destroy the things of God. So if he was to focus on his past, there was nothing that he could do for God. But he came to that point and said that there is one thing I do not count myself to have apprehended, but there is one thing I do. Say one thing I do said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. There are good things ahead. There are better things ahead. There are marvelous things ahead. There are glorious things ahead. And you need to forget those things which are behind you. You need to forget those things which are behind you. You need to forget those mistakes that are behind you and strive towards achieving the good things that God has planned for us. And strive towards achieving the good things that is ahead of us. And strive towards achieving the plenty blessings that God has prepared for us. Hallelujah. This one, like Apostle Paul, I want to commend to us that you forget our past. Forget our past. Forget that boy that broke your heart and move on. Forget that woman that broke your heart and move on. God has a way of making things work together for us. Forget that money you lost and move on. Forget that investment you lost and move on. Forget that business partner you lost and move on. There are better things ahead for us. And you can only experience those better things if you forget your past. Hallelujah. There are better things that God has in store for us. Hallelujah. So this morning we are forgetting our past. We are forgetting our past. You know, there are people who will constantly remind you. Constantly remind you of where you are coming from. There are people who constantly remind you of the, of, the, of the single room you used to live in. There are people who constantly remind you of the girls you used to chase. There are people who constantly remind you of the many places you used to sleep around. But see, you've got to come to the place where you do not allow those things to affect you. And, and for, even for us those are in church, please, do not let your attitude dispel someone from coming to church. Do not let your accusation and, and, and your backbiting and, and your condemnation, accusing people, blaming people, stop people, from, stop people from coming to church. Because you know what? It's not the same person again. It's not the same man again. Bible says that if a man is in Christ, oh, he's now a new creation. The old things have passed away and the new has come. So let us not be, in, you know, there are, there are people who always, they'll bring it up. Always, they'll bring, ah, is this not this guy? This guy that I used to smoke with, no, it's not the same guy I used to smoke with. This person has met Jesus now. It's not the same person you used to sleep around with. This person has met Jesus now. And it's no more that old person, but rather he's a new creation. So one, you need to forgive yourself. Two, you need not to dwell on your past. And three, you need not to feel unworthy. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I want us to look at some ways to deal with condemnation. Some ways to deal with condemnation. Let's read the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 34. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Bible said, who is he who condemns? It says, Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God. And also makes intercession for us. Who is he who condemns? You know, the only person who has the right to condemn, condemn us is God. He is the only person who has the right to condemn us. But Bible said that even God is not condemning us. Bible says that rather what Christ is doing is that he's making intercession for you and I. So one way to deal with condemnation is to stand firm in God's word. Stand firm in God's word. Refuse to allow the things that surround you to take dominance over your life. Refuse to allow the things that people say have effect over your life. And stand firm in God's word. Bible says that God is not condemning you. He said there's now no condemnation. You need to take that word as, as personal as it can be. You need to take that word as, 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 as intimate as it can be. And refuse to be in that path of condemnation. And stand in God's word. Because who is he who condemns? The person sitting next to you cannot condemn you. Your, your, your spouse or... or I mean, whoever it is cannot condemn you, but, but it is Christ who has the authority to condemn you, and he's not condemning us. This morning, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, and all he's doing is interceding for us. He said, oh, Lord, that boy in that church, that boy in that house, that boy who is striving to live with me, he's finding it difficult. Lord, help him. Lord, help him. That is all Jesus is praying for us. He's not condemning us before God. The accuser, Bible said that the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. The person who used to accuse us before God, that is Satan. Bible said he has been cast down. So he has no right to accuse us anymore. So what Jesus does is that he intercedes for us. He's praying for us. Sitting at the right hand of God. Asking God to give you the grace. Asking God to give you the mercy that you may serve him well. Hallelujah. So this morning I want to urge us that we need to stand firm in God's word. We need to trust God by his word. We need to take God's word personal. If God is saying that you are not condemned, then indeed you are not condemned. If God is saying that you are able, then indeed you are able. If God is saying that you are qualified, then indeed you are qualified. Give no room to the Bible said that give no room to the devil. Give no room. You have to make a decision. You have to be determined about it. That I am not giving any room, uh, any room to the devil. You have to be conscious about it. That I am not giving any room to condemnation. I, I am not giving any room to accusation. I am not giving any room to the things of the past. Rather, I am focusing on God and his ability to help me. Hallelujah. I want to put your hands together for the Lord. Our God is helping us. Our God is helping us. Our God is helping us. Hallelujah. Now, the second thing. The second way to deal with condemnation. I want us to read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The emphasis is on the verse 5. said, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of, the knowledge of God. You know what? There, there are many times that we have thoughts running through our head. There are many times that we have arguments running through our head. And Bible says that we've got to cast those arguments down. We've got to cast those things which are not, which are not in alignment with the word of God. That it says, casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So one way that you can do with condemnation is to bring your thoughts to be captive to the obedience of Christ. It's to, it's, it's to discipline your mind enough that this thing that I am hearing, this thing that I'm thinking about, it is not from God. This thing that I'm thinking about, I submit my thoughts to the obedience of Christ. That God is saying that it's, con it's not condemning me. So it means that if I'm being condemned, it is not from God. Therefore, I cast out the arguments of condemnation. I cast out the thoughts of condemnation and I receive that which God has for me. Until you do that, Satan will continue to play on your mind. You continue to play on your mind, and once you begin to buy in it, you begin to withdraw from God. You begin to receive the things which God has for you. But this morning, deliverance is coming. Hallelujah. This morning, deliverance is coming. Hallelujah. Finally, let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11. John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11. A very popular and interesting scripture. John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11. Bible said, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Verse 2. Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and, and he sat down and taught them. Verse 3. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set, they had set her in the midst. Verse 4. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. There are many of us here who are going around reporting people that this man, he was caught in the act. He was caught in the act stealing. Just like these people, they had caught a woman in the act committing adultery. And they had taken the, the, the woman to Jesus. And they, they told Jesus that, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Verse 5. Now Moses, now they, be, they, they, be, they begin to go to, to, to Jesus the things of the law. Now they, they, they feel that they know the law more than Jesus himself. They said, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? There are people who are going around, you know, finding every means possible for you to be punished. Find, there are people in our companies who are going around, finding every means possible for us not, be, not to be promoted. There are people in, in our businesses going around, finding every means possible for some clients not to buy from us, but they are not God. Tonight, I came to this man, I came to tell that they are not God. Let's see, what, let's see how Jesus responded. This they said, they said they're testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. Ha. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. The people that are reporting you and the people that they are reporting you to, they will pretend as though they are not hearing your accusers. They will pretend as though they are not hearing the people who are condemning you. Just as Jesus pretended like he's not hearing the people. Hallelujah. So Bible says, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. He who is without sin, let him throw a stone first. He who can say that he has not committed any sin, should throw the first stone. Bible says after Jesus said that, he stooped down and began to rise again. Verse 9. Verse 9. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one. Ha! Your accusers are going out one by one. Your accusers are going out one by one because they, they cannot stand the power of God. They cannot stand the power of Jesus. So Bible said that be, they were convicted by their own conscience. Jesus just asked a simple question. You have brought someone to me that, I should, I should, that we are going to stone the person. And I'm asking you just one question. If there is anyone among you, the accusers, who have not committed anything through the first stone. The Bible said they were convicted by their conscience. People, the people who are accused, they are being convicted by their conscience. The Bible said they went out one by one. 
beginning with the oldest, <laughs> even to the last. You know, there are some people who don't have anything to do with their time. As old as the people were, they did not have anything to do with their time. Than to go, than to go and find time to go and stone someone. So I said that it started from the, the very oldest among them. Beginning with the oldest, they began to leave one after the other, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst of verse 10. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw, and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? This morning, I am asking you, where are those accusers of yours? This morning, Jesus is asking us, where are those accusers of us? If God has not condemned us, who are you to accuse me? If God has not considered me an outcast, who are you to consider me an outcast? If God has not disowned me, who are you disowned to disown me? Said woman, where are the accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Has no one condemned you? Verse, verse 11. Let's see what Jesus said. She said, no, Lord, that will, be your, that will be your response. I declare that that will be your response. That you respond that no one, none of them was able to accuse me. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. This morning Jesus is saying that neither does he condemn you. Neither does he hold your sin against you. Neither does he hold your accusation, hold your, your mistakes against you. And he said, go and sin no more. He gave, she gave her another chance. He gave her another chance to go and perfect his ways with God. God has given us another chance this morning. God has given us another way this morning. He is opening his arms wide to receive from us. He's saying that I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. I do not condemn you. But rather, I want you to strive towards the place of perfection where you become one with me. This morning, just want to close your eyes and begin to pray to God. Only begin to pray to God and say, Father, I receive the grace to live right. I receive the grace to live right. I receive the grace to align myself to your word. Father, wherever that I feel weak, wherever that I, 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 I feel short in my service to you, I pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you would give me the grace to overcome. Bible says that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and he convicts us unto repentance. He convicts us unto deliverance. He convicts us to the place where we are able to yield ourselves before God. Just want to pray and ask for the help of God. Just want to pray and ask for the help of God this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Ask for the help of God. Bible said looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set ahead of him despised the cross, endured the shame, and now is set before him. It's set before him. Oh, the throne of God. We are praying this morning and we are asking God for his help. We are saying, no God, give us the grace, the places that we fall short we pray for the grace to overcome. We pray for the grace to overcome. Come on, commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to God. You want to continue to pray against anyone who stands to accuse you. Against every accuser of the brethren. Against anyone who stands to condemn you. We are praying for the liberation of God. We are praying for liberty from every condemnation. Somebody open your mouth and begin to pray. Begin to call on God. Wherever that you feel condemned. Wherever that you, you, you feel weak. Wherever that you feel there is a shortcoming. We are praying, we are saying, Father, oh God, their condemnation will have no effect on me. The accusation will have no effect on me. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, this morning we are receiving a fresh life. Even as we begin to take the communion, we are receiving a fresh life from God. We are saying that God is not accusing us. God is not condemning us. God is not accusing us. We are praying to God and we are saying, Father, as I receive of your body, as I receive of your blood, I also receive your grace. I also 
also receive your ability to deliver. I receive your salvation in the mighty name of Jesus. I refuse to let my, my past have a hold on me. I refuse to dwell in the past. I refuse to feel unworthy in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody open your heart out unto God and say, Father, I pray, oh God, against every spirit of condemnation, every mouth that stands to condemn me, may they themselves be condemned in the name of Jesus. Every voice that stands to condemn me, may they be condemned in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, lift your voice and pray to God. Ask for the help of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Ask for the help of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Can I please have some choristers join me? In the name of Jesus, come on, continue to pray. In the name of Jesus, continue to pray and say, Father, oh God, help me, help me, help me, help me in the name of Jesus. Help me, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help me, O oh Lord, any past that I'm refusing to get out of. In the name of Jesus, I pray for your help. I pray for your help. I pray for your help in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Just as Jesus did not condemn the woman who had committed adultery. We are praying this morning that God will not condemn us. We shall not be condemned in the name of Jesus. We shall not be condemned in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to sing, Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my soul. Hallelujah. And praise and, and sing that, Lord, I give you my heart. And Lord, I give you my soul. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You want to prepare your heart as you begin to dine with God. As you begin to receive of God.